0: This is live at five with Glenn Curry. Ah, ah, ah,
1: ah, ah, ah. What do you think? This is the army where you shoot them a mile away. You got to get up close like this. bada bing, you blow their brains all over your nice cyber league suit. Real <laughs> will I be?
2: <laughs> was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no.
3: Germans? Forget it. He's rolling. <laughs> Learn it, know it, live it.
4: Are
1: you running a business or a charity
3: war? Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. The ah, Yankees win. Pull over. No, it's a cardigan, but thanks for noticing. You a part of that, Farker? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my, God. Oh my God. <Bengals> <mugliares> <fight. I> <muglia> on the telephones are ringing. Overload mode in the 21st century. Driving home with my hand on the cell phone.
0: This is Live at
2: Five, Live at Five, Live at Five. Air check, air check. Uh, all right. Powder. <laughs> all right, we're on the air. It's a Wednesday. It's not Tuesday. It's Wednesday. I have to train myself. Uh, beautiful day once again in the neighborhood. And uh, we're ready for a Wednesday show.
0: It's
2: that simple do this every day in AM 1240 the News and Talk Authority no we don't have a news staff oh, actually we do we have uh, John Moore and uh, Jeff Graham and syndicated programming and uh, you know what, what more do you what more do you want uh, we don't have an exchange show like we used to uh, we're, we're, you know we're not going to sell resell like an old furnace or something although who knows if it makes money anything's possible here at Community Broadcasters uh, so, welcome to the show. Uh, yesterday, we talked at length about what happened over the weekend. You've been hearing about that uh, horrible incident, and we... we uh, horrible. I don't know how many times you have to say, oh, boy, it was just terrible, an injustice. Just what's going on with the world? It's another weakened society, unfortunately. But we uh, we covered the bases. And I got to say, you know, I got to go out on a limb here. I'm sorry. But... Uh, you know, listening to this show and Jeff's show, it's pretty obvious we ain't got no producer here. We don't have a staff. It's essentially, you know, you know, showing up and, and, and saying what's on your mind and keeping it interesting. A lot of people can do that. Don't get me wrong. And God bless you if you can. But you got to keep things uh, relevant. You have to keep things interesting, provocative, uh, interesting. Because people right now are driving home or going to the grocery store or Listen, or making dinner whatever the deal is you you're, you're next to a terrestrial radio you're listening to stuff like, like they did 100 years ago and, uh, and, and and god bless you for doing that uh, but at the same time I, I you know you look at other you know other resources and media outlets such as fox news and any any one of the networks or for that matter even a, a local tv station they have they have people behind that they have producers they have people feeding you know we what was it uh, uh, 2 weeks ago today or, or over 2 weeks ago uh, former Mayor uh, uh, Rudy Giuliani was here having the time of his life, by the way. Oh, Scottish be proud. <clears throat> anyway, uh, and he, he I heard him talking to his producer down there, uh, down in, in, uh, in New York City. And, of course, he had his entourage here. He had security. Uh, one of the guys looked like the guy who played Ted Kennedy, by the way. I forget his name. Australian actor. I was going to say something, but he looked very serious. Couldn't crack a smile for a second. You know, he's probably packing too. You know, he's a security guard. He's not supposed to be fun. But uh, he uh, anyway, Rudy. Before he went on his show to do it here, right at AM 1244, his live show down in WABC uh, 77 in New York City, uh, the biggest station in the nation back in the day. Uh, he was talking to his producer, and she was just feeding him some information about this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this, uh, immigration. Uh, gun Control, Roe versus Wade Whatever was going on two weeks ago He sat there and he absorbed it And I'm not saying this was rocket science By any means But what I'm saying here is that He has support And I don't know how our shows would sound If we had anyone even answer the phones Or, or support or give us a script here or there Or some ide- ideas or, or better yet, you know, compile all of our show information uh, And summarize it and, and, and feed it to us as we do That's what producers do they're not just there checking out audio levels and whatnot. Uh, they're, they're, they're taking the calls. They're screening the calls, so forth and so on. And trust me, when you listen to Hannity or any one of these shows, there's a battery of people uh, that are taking care of business. But all that said, uh, a little old yours truly here, and I, I don't like to uh, you know <clears throat> brag, but I think we do a pretty darn good job with no producer, no screener. Uh, essentially, we are the engineer here, although if anything goes wrong, uh, n- neither Jeff and I can fix that. That's Ken Martin can do that. But you know, as far as content is concerned, and leading up to each and every day like right now, uh, it's important that we just have uh, what's called the gift of gab. But with that, we should have a general understanding of, of, of politics, current ev- ev- events, and, and we should look at things constructively. And, and of course, I'm a, I call myself a conservative, although uh, a lot of my idea, ideas are, are uh, I guess, liberal in nature. Uh, I am a Rockefeller Republican, more particularly from Queens, New York, born, raised in the 60s and 70s and 80s. So there's some liberal ideas going, floating around my head. But neither here nor there. It doesn't really matter. You just have to be on top of things that are going on in the world. So... You know, if I were to listen to – last night, for instance, I was watching the Tucker Carlson show, and he went at length talking about uh, this maniac there in, uh, in, in, in Chicago. And I swear to you, and, and, he, and again, a lot of what he does – and don't get me wrong, Tucker Carlson is the king. He is the Elvis Presley of conservative pundits. He is the Elvis Presley of pundits, period. He's got the largest share, the biggest ratings for a reason. But I'm watching the show, and his analysis, along with his, you know, his other contributors who come on, like Glenn Greenwald. Well, Glenn Greenwald was from last week when he was in Brazil. That's another thing altogether. But it, they were damage, They were really talking about the same things we were talking about yesterday: red flag laws, uh, mental illness. One thing Tucker talked on talked about yesterday was uh, prescribed medicines, and that's something I would like to. Talk to uh, Joe Stanley about today. If, of course, he can call in today, we've had phone trouble uh, with uh, with the system here in recent weeks. But I, I emailed him before the show, and this is what I would I would ask him. It's like Pfizer and other companies, J and J, they're coming out with all these these pills in the last 20, 30 years. Can there ever be a class action suit? And trust me, we've seen it before when it comes to asbestos, when it comes to you know working too close to some type of herbicide or, or whatever. Uh, that might take your your your, br- your breath away, uh, and some law firm somewhere is going to collect the thousands of signatures to, to sue somebody. But could they ever do that in the case, or prove that I should say that all the crazy prescribed drugs that we've been giving our kids and teenagers over the last twenty, thirty years is actually uh, killing us now? I, I mean, that was one thing that uh, Tucker brought up yesterday, but it's one of many things that were parallel. To how we approach the, the, what what happened in Chicago, and I'm not just talking about myself, but people who called in the show, and and one guy said yesterday on, on, on my uh, Facebook uh, uh, page, he said, "Look, I know a lot of people with tattoos are the nicest people in the world." He said, "That sounds like something my mother would say all the time." I was like, "Oh," I said, "Boy, look how menacing that person looks over there, Mom." "Oh, Glenn, you don't know. He could be the nicest person in the world," and I said, "Well, maybe he's not." So while it's, it's, it's important to note that not everyone with tattoos on their face are going to go and shoot up people at a local parade, uh, but you can surmise that maybe there's something wrong with that person. And that's exactly what Tucker and crew were talking about last night at length. So really, it doesn't it, you don't have to be a rocket science to understand that this kid was nuts. There's no doubt about it. And yet, somehow or other, the Joy behars of the world, the Joy Reeds of the world, all the all the, uh, the liberal pundits are going to uh, uh, look at this crazy kid with a tattoo in his face and essentially say that he is the face of the Republican Party. And that's where I, it's, it's out, so outrageous. But that's their effort, and that's their attempt. Distract from everything else that's going on in the world. Don't even mention anything about gas prices. Blame that on Putin. Don't mention anything about immigration. People have to flee other countries. We just have to understand that. And then when we start using the word replacement theory, then they go, there you go again. See, they want a response. They want you to respond that way. And to some degree, I'm not saying that people want others to go out and, and shoot people. Don't get me wrong. But it is an opportunity, especially if it's a white, I'm being redundant here. If it's a Caucasian person of any age, particularly male, although recently we've seen a lot of young males uh, going on these mass killings, which is why, by the way, Tucker brought up the whole aspect of, of hallucinogens. And today I was listening to another radio show about, you know, legalized m- marijuana. I mean, all these things put together, and then you put in rap music. Then you put in all these crazy videos uh, that they play on a day-in, day-out basis. And then we wonder why, you know, uh, crazy people do crazy things. Now, this is where I draw the line. I am a Second Amendment uh, supporter, by, definitely, no doubt about it. But just like yesterday when I asked the question to Gunnut, yes, his name is Monica, he is Gun Nut. He knows guns b- better than anyone. And I challenged him. I said, you know, if you're going to support each other, how can you support a gun owner that goes into a parade and shoots others? Because at the end of the day, regardless of whether or not this guy was a gun owner for a day, an hour, or a week, at the moment when he shoots other people, he's one of you. Are you proud of the fact that he's part of your fraternity of gun owners? You can't be. I don't care what he knows or doesn't know about the difference between an AR and a pistol and a semi rifle I don't care about that. You know that better than anybody else. I get it. You're, it's, you, you win. But you've got to start talking about the people that shouldn't be in your fraternity because they're the ones that are screwing it up for you. Mental illness is clearly, clearly a problem in America, and it seems to afflict young men. And this isn't the first time we've seen it before. But the reasoning that these kids are coming up with these days is not being picked on in school anymore. They're just angry. They're pissed off. So what? You couldn't score with a girl at 2.30 in the morning at some fly, you know, crappy bar. Does that mean you've got to go out and shoot people these days? Something is definitely up. And for the joy bars and joy reads of the world to say that responsible gun owners have to pay the price, thats ridiculous. So anyway, I think we do a pretty darn good job analyzing what I think is the obvious the very obvious. Yes, you can't take away the, t- uh, the Second uh, Amendment. They'll try their darnest to do that and when, opportun- when, when moments, I should say, or incidents that happen in Chicago and others, those are opportunities for them to not only take away guns from the crazies, but take away guns from the people that they don't agree with. It's just opportunists. They, they are, rather, just opportunists. Let's go to the phones. they have been waiting rather delaying or ignoring. Sorry, whoever this is. And uh, it's, of course, hey, Mike what? Dillon. What's happening? What's going? How's it going, Glenn? Good. How you doing?
1: Hey, you uh, You just said something kind of strange when you're referring to gun nut. Yeah. Being like a brotherhood of gun owners. That's kind of like asking someone who has a driver's license after someone runs through a parade with a car. Yeah. That's become pretty common. How do you feel about your brothers that have driver's license? Same thing.
2: Well, yeah, yeah. But let's stick with you the know, guns. Let's stick with the guns. Of
1: pe- percentage of people that, you know, drive legally is, kind of small in this area. There's a lot of people that drive all the time. Jeff Graham mentions it all the time. Mm-hmm. Hey, a couple other little things. Yeah. I think you're using a word that you've kind of turned into a ebotics word. Oh, what's that now? The word, you're not pronouncing the G in it. The G isn't silent in this word. You what, what, know what word
2: I'm talking about? Uh, It's not donut. What is it? Length. You keep
1: saying length.
2: Oh, length? Oh. Length. Is no, come on. There's a
1: G in there. The GS pronouncer, The ebonics version of it is
2: length. Wait, let's be careful with the Instead word ebonics, by the way. I, I'm saying length. That's just that's right. What about okay? Let me do no, t- no, length. So is it root eleven or rod eleven?
1: It's length. But anyway, <laughs> I'm just kind of busting on you about I that. I guess so. I got an idea for. I got an idea for you for your show. Yeah, what's that? I've thought this for a long time. First of all, if I had the time, I'd love to be your producer. Yeah. Silent guy in the back. I think I'd make things run well, I think it'd be enjoyable. I just couldn't. I would never be able to put in the
4: time.
2: Right.
1: I don't know how you can get there every day. It's just, it's
2: well, you know what's important? Oh, I was wow. thinking about this because, no, seriously, because when I was listening to the Hotline show and uh, when Jeff gets calls and, and, and one lingers on and on... But it gets interesting, and then Jeff's, Jeff automatically looks down, oh, I got another call, and then either no one's there or it's a call that no one wants to hear from. It says, well, there goes your opportunity. You know, if we had a screener, someone could tell Jeff, no, no one's on that line, and no, you don't want to talk to the next person because it's so-and-so, so continue talking to the person you're talking to now. That's what a producer does. It saves you from losing a good conversation or it saves you from gaining a conversation that would replace a current bad one. You, know, you see what I'm saying? So... It produces ten I, I agree hundred no percent. Yes.
1: One thing one thing you could do now is when you come in because you're always seen to be like, Oh my god, I gotta throw in a commercial, I'm sorry. You got four minutes left, you're gonna throw in three of a commercial. Right. You do it, Jeff does it. Yeah. Sometimes it's good to ring up the phone. Here's the format I'd follow.
2: Well, okay.
1: I would come in, play program your introduction program. music, say a little piece, two minutes, three minutes worth of talking, five at the most, say, Hey, we're gonna take a break and when we come back we're gonna open calls. Hmm. Go to there, come back, get one of those breaks right out of the way, and then come back and take calls. Like right now, people don't really know if you're taking calls. It's been 20 minutes. Right. I was on the phone for a long time. And well, I, I have, have to do my, I have to have do my
2: monologue. Problem. I have to talk out loud. Yada,
1: yada. But do you're do your little for whatever time you decide it is, and then hmm. say, we're going to take a break, come back. Come back then. I, I, then I'll it's be no more like, like Mark you don't have to say it, but that'd be a little way to I do it if I was producing
2: the show. But here's the thing. Uh, at the end of the day, you're right. There should be a format. But then you lose the option of, uh, say, for instance, a Jason Trainer call because he's typically at the fr- at the outset because he's got something on his mind at three thirty in the afternoon. He's got to call up the live at five show at five oh five, and whenever I see the phone lit up at around five oh five, I know right away Jason Trainer had a muffin that day and he had some bright idea about something. And you got to admit, with or without your format you just mentioned, Jason Trainer can be and has been radio gold. So you know sometimes you win. Sometimes you lose.
1: He is. He is 100% radio gold, and he would he would adapt immediately. Right. Because he would. Then you get to, He might even be listening now. Right. And he's going to tell you, Glenn Carey, Carey. It would be a good idea. Carey. It would be a good idea that if you said that I'm taking open calls, and that way if you have a guest, you never you, you say when you're going to take the open calls. If you One <laughs> other thing, I'm going to let you go and listen. There you go. I enjoy. It. I listen to your show. Almost every day, whether Almost. I call or not, sometimes I'm too busy to call. But I listen. I didn't catch it the other day. Right. Heard Danny was on. See, calling up and apologizing for his misinformation. I want an apology,
2: Senator. I want an apology. Deserves an well,
1: apology, here's Senator. That, sorry. Here's something that he here, here's something that he always says. Right. And he'll he said this over and over. Hey, when I make a mistake, I'll tell you I made a mistake. Right. He hasn't done that. What, wait, wait, wait. What
2: is he apologizing? What is he apologizing case. for? What did he do wrong? I I I missed this. What, what are you talking about? What do you what, he, he what do you
1: watch? He watched he, he watched live the first day that Cassidy Hutchins was brought on and right. repeated everything she said. It was verbatim and said there was multiple witnesses and right. Trump was going to jail. Oh yeah, he shared that with us here. Did. Yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well then he spread disinformation and then like <laughs> two days later, a day and a half later, we find out like everything she said was hearsay. She described the wrong vehicle because she didn't see it. The person she talked <laughs> to you wasn't posted. actually in the vehicle. The person she talked to was a friend of the, someone that was an acquaintance of the driver, right. the, the CIA that were involved, will not uh, testify about this. They said it did not happen. Danny spread disinformation. That's how disinformation gets spread. Is You take someone's hearsay and you spread
2: it. Right, right. You
1: apologize. And, right. because he, and not because he's done anything technically wrong anymore than he always says. Anytime I say something right. wrong, I'm going to call up and tell you I made a mistake. He hasn't done that. It's he What's
2: what's, what's good for the goose it. isn't good for the, the, the Danny. It's What's good for the goose isn't necessarily good for the Danny. So it's not going to happen. I
1: guess that's the way it is. When I make mistakes. I make plenty. But and, and but the mistake I didn't make was about length. It's got a G in there. Uh, like oh, 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 I
2: thought we were talking about not, something else not, that you were lying about.
1: It's not, it's, it's not restaurant. Right. It's restaurant.
2: restaurant. Restaurant.
1: It's not probably. It's not probably. It's hmm. probably.
2: Hmm. Right. These
1: are all Ebonics things for some reason that right. have become common that I don't understand.
2: I don't know if we should equate it to Ebonics. I just say it's just simply it's bad grammar. That's what it comes down to. You no, know. no,
1: no, no. It's Ebonics. It's acceptable Ebonics now, and it wants to be taught in school.
2: What you know where the word... Oh, no, never mind. I don't even want to get into But you know Ebonics comes from the word ebony. You know that.
1: Yeah, I do. I know exactly what it is. It's it's our, So I, we got
2: to walk away from that. Black, that's what I'm saying.
1: Culture, <laughs> culture <laughs> has changed some words, but right. it doesn't work for all us. But I have heard, like... There was a judge, and I, I don't remember the trial, but it was a big trial, and he kept saying about asking questions. What? Well, the word is ask. Yeah,
2: I know. A- you, you hear, hear that a lot.
1: Ask, yeah. don't say x. I, I mean, know. it's just one of those things. Not yeah. restaurant, it's restaurant. One other thing you do that's just poor grammar, not though the you Sometimes you'll say you something about having an ideal. What do you mean an idea?
2: Idea. No, I, I never say ideal. I never. I would never say that. I, I, say, I say. I say that uh, high high idea. High Ideals from, uh, I would be uh, impersonating Miss Harry F. Potter from It's a Wonderful Life, a member of High Ideals, so-called. But I know the difference between ideals and ideas. You're hearing me wrong, uh, Lefty. You're hearing me wrong.
1: Sorry. Well, maybe maybe it'll stand, maybe I'll stand corrected, and you know what I'll do? I'll call up and say, you know, you do say idea. I didn't hear it again. There you go. I'll, I'll give it a little chance there you time go. to All do right.
2: it. If you could. Well,
1: I'm, I'm going to let you go. You, you have a great day now, don't you know? There you go. All right. Thank you, my friend. Thank
2: you. That's uh, Lefty uh, with his critique. Hi, real quick. You're on the air. Hey, Glenn. How's it going? What's happening? Oh, I'm on my way home from the doctors. Yeah, so uh, Rich Gladel, I saw that you went to, I mean, of course, you mentioned it yesterday. You were going down for what is your fifth operation on one of your eyes. How did it go today?
4: Yeah, the left one. Yeah, they, they took the oil out.
2: Are uh, you feeling better?
4: Uh, I don't know. I can't see my eye. I got it all patched up. but. Uh,
2: could you see the radio till you there. could turn it down? No, i was kidding. Ah, well, that's good. So, are you feeling good? Are you alive? You're talking.
4: I, I'm alive. Yeah, yeah.
2: Oh, you're I'm, not, you're not driving, uh,
4: are you? <laughs> anesthesia, anyways. I didn't know if you uh, messaged um.
2: No, I'm gonna um, talk to. No, no, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna, uh, I'm, gonna uh, I'm gonna reach out to him in about five minutes. Uh, because yeah, I'll just I'll mention know it
4: tomorrow. It. I'll go back again tomorrow to Watertown, and they'll look at it and see what's going on and see what they think.
2: Yeah. So, so where are you right now in 81?
4: I'm coming over to Shumow Bridge.
2: All right. Whoa. Oh, cool. Shamel Bridge. So you're, you're a local. All right. Listen, yeah. stay in touch or listen, and uh, I'll reach out to Joe and I'll say, hey, look, there's someone that looks, uh, look, and I know you're busy, but uh, I'll call him. I'll talk to him right here. Uh, I got other okay, things to sure. talk to him about, but I'll share yep. that with Bye. him today. All right. Thank you. Yep. Uh, that's uh, that's uh, Rich Glader, who is uh, struggling to fix his eye issue uh, that's been ongoing now for uh, months, if not years. All right. Someone's on the line. This might be Joe himself. It's not 530 yet. Hi. You're in the air. It is Joseph. I'm good. Hey, Joe. How you doing? i uh, good. Good.
0: I got everything working.
2: Yes, yes. We had issues here. And, uh, and for whichever reason, I mean, again, we were looking at it. We're analyzing it. And it seems to have gone away. We didn't actually fix it, Joe. It's just one of those things where it just, whatever the problem was, line one wasn't answering. And you're not the only one. Our Congress, or what will amount to be our future Congressperson, had the same issue a week ago or so. So we were concerned with that. So I wanted to make sure that you knew that it was working now and that I could see the lights, uh, uh, light, uh, the, the calls coming in light up, which is good. <coughs> Joe, two things. One, um, the other day, uh, okay, here's the scenario. I'm driving along, and one thing that I've told myself, Joe, because I'm the world's greatest driver, watch me wrap myself around a tree tonight, uh, but he- he- hear me out. You're driving in one direction on a four-lane highway, and you want to make a left-hand turn. The oncoming car stops because he's, he's got nowhere to go, but he's telling you to go. But then you don't see the outside lane. You know where I'm talking about, Ryan. You don't see that. You're going blind, yeah. Joe. So if say, I say, okay, thank you for letting me go, and then I get T-boned, who's in trouble there, if anybody? It's got to be me. I know that. Yes, it's you, and, you know,
0: that's you know, supposed to go unless it, you can see it. It's clear. I mean, if you could ever find the other person,
2: he might be legally
0: responsible also. Or you could prove he actually did do and all this other stuff. Right. But most of the time, those people
2: don't stay around for you to identify. Right. No, they're they're hightailing out of there. And so have you ever heard of someone say, hey, that person waved me on. I'm going to get out of my car. I'm going to reach over or somehow communicate with that person and say, stay right there because you caused this. That's a tough thing to do, Joe.
0: Yeah, I've never had a case where that happened. I've had many a times where people claim that somebody signaled them or waved them on. And right. That's a famous, that's, you know, that's a lot like checking the mail.
2: Right, right. Uh, right.
0: Not necessarily what I believe when people give me those lame excuses. Right. You know, you're supposed to be able to see where you're going. And even if someone's waving you on, at some point you go slowly out and still have to be able to see.
2: It's a scary thing because, and how often, I mean, and again, this is unrelated, but so often I'll drive up to a four-lane uh, stop sign where there's four stop signs on on the intersection. And inevitably, I might even be the second, third, even the last person there, and they're still waving me on. Now, Joe, the, the rule of thumb is from, from uh, when I went to uh, a driver's education back at Christ the King High School. The rule of thumb was the person to the right, if you got there at the same time, the person to your right goes first. Uh, is that correct, first of all, Joe? Yes. But you almost never get there at the same time, but it's always in your proximity. Right, and and sometimes there's people behind other people, so it's like one goes, the other one goes. I don't know if people know the rules, but in addition to that, people have such a power trip by saying they're not going to apply any of the rules even though they were there longer than anyone else, they're still going to wave you on. And not only that, Joe, not only are they going to wave you on, they're going to be pissy about it. Like, go! I'm telling you to go! Why in the world do people insist on doing that, in your opinion? Not a legal question, by Hi. the way. Hi. Uh, go
0: ahead. The country is in need of good mental health, health services, and so I guess uh, the more mental health treatment,
2: I think, it is, I think it is applicable to mental health because I think people just don't want to be tor- you know, torn apart by any, any decision-making. They just say, like, go ahead, and, and just go, and I'll go last because I'm always last because I hate my boss, I hate my life, and so forth and so on. And, Joe, it leads me to the next question. We were just discussing this on the air. In as far – again, don't get me wrong. There's some crazy people out there that should not have guns. But now it seems like these young males that are going into either a parade – a school, a supermarket, and a lot of them are connected to prescribed drugs as they've gotten older. They might have had a attention deficit. They might have had been depressed. They're on Prozac. We've, we've had enough clear evidence where people that have gone in mass murderers, ju- uh, mass t- uh, tirades, if you are taking people's lives in seconds with, with weapons, we've connected a lot of them to prescribed drugs as they've gotten older. Now, now you know about class-action suits and drugs and their effects on this, that, and the other thing. Will we ever get to the point where a company like Pfizer and other companies who produce stuff like Prozac that's been prescribed ad nauseum towards kids in, in third grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, are we creating monsters from this, Joe? And can these uh, uh, drug companies ever see ramifications from all this, in your opinion? Well,
0: I, and again, it's hard to figure out you know, uh, the mental health issues uh, are just complicated by many things, and, and their services have, uh, have not been sufficient. can't really get in to see mental health care providers. Uh, it's not covered. They won't take insurance. It won't, uh, you know, you want cash only when you can even get in. Uh, and, you know, you need to do a much better job. Uh, you know, young people are notorious for having issues just to begin with. It's a difficult time, and now it's even more
2: difficult. Yeah. Uh, do, you, do you think? Yeah. It's, to me, I, I, I think this is a weighted question. I, I, has COVID had a, a an adverse effect at, uh, on on our ch- on our young generation? In your opinion?
0: Oh, I, It's undoubtedly had a terrible effect. You know. How how can I not? I mean, it's had a bad effect on everyone, but the isolation is even more so uh, when you're younger.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I know how it was to be young, and uh, you wanted to be uh, part of the group, you wanted to be popular, you wanted to be accepted. You certainly didn't want to be picked on or looked upon as as, as second rate. But uh, uh, it it seems like there's more of a vengeful feeling that these kids have when things don't go right. By the way, this kid, 22 years old, the kid that was in, uh, outside Chicago the other day. He was already worth $100,000 just from the sale of, of some of his, his music, his rap music. Sounds like he had a pretty decent life for a young man, Joe, <clears throat> yet he still did this, still angry. Don't get it.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, well, I mean, a lot of times, you know, and actually statistics show that most of the time <laughs> the anger is in, inward, the suicides are up significantly. So, they are, uh, you know, uh, and so that's just an issue of that. Sometimes you just can't explain what's going on, in someone whose whose brain's not functioning right, you know, if you're not rational, it's hard to make a rational explanation.
2: Do you think a company like Pfizer might have to live up to some type of, I guess you could say, responsibility to what these drugs were supposed to do by, by you know, facilitating something when a kid has. 13 years old, he might have some issues with school. He might have agoraphobia or a fear of crowds, or he's depressed. Are we going to find out one day that we've we've been more detrimental to our young kids? And if so, will the big pharmacy companies ever have to pay up for that, Joe, in your opinion?
0: The answer is probably no. And the answer is by the time we figure it out, it it, it, uh, it, it would be uh, problematic, we'll put it that way.
2: Do, do the pharmaceuticals own society? I mean, are they in charge? It seems like they are, Joe. Well,
0: you know, when you have unlimited access to cash. Right, and, right. Uh, you know, like the legal system and, and to the extent that, uh, you know, they get their way most of the time. And uh, certainly they have an oversized influence.
2: Not to mention they uh, they spend a lot of money on media and social media. And they sponsor a lot of radio, uh, check that, uh, news-style programs on all the networks. Not just here or there. They spend billions of dollars. So it's tough to to bite the hand at Fiji, Joe. Uh, So I I wonder if we're on the right side of of society when we give so much money back or support, I should say, uh, from influential media sources uh, to something that at the same time might be destroying us. Uh, And yet, like you said, I don't know if we'll ever be able to determine that. And if so, I don't think anyone would have to pay the price. One last question, Joe. I've said this before. I know it's crazy, but I still don't. In this day and age, in the year 2022, we're still putting 100 plus. Oh, you there? Can you hear me now?
0: Yeah, I I can hear you now. Okay, good. What'd you
2: say? Uh, So, uh, the idea of putting a 100 pound piece of metal in your windowsill, otherwise known as an air conditioner. Uh, have you, I know I've asked you this question before. I saw one today <coughs> that if someone even went by and just barely grazed it, the darn thing would fall right out of the window. We're talking about an awkward piece of metal that's over 100 pounds with no handles. Everything is sharp. You inevitably cut your fingers doing it. And then you teeter it on an old windowsill that was built over 100 years ago. To me, And then you put it like four or five stories above the sidewalk. To me, I think that one of the most dangerous things in society are air conditioners, Joe. Am I crazy or not?
0: Well, if you put them in like that, yes. They're supposed to be installed properly. They're supposed to be on brackets and anchored in the windowsill, whether it's an old or new one. Right. But if you just throw it in there and hope it's going to stay when you close the window,
2: then right. that's cool. And inevitably, people that are rentals or renters or people that just, you know, dragged it up from the basement from the year before, they don't have the screws, they don't have the bracket from the year before, they just want to put it in there because they're sweltering hot. To me, I just like, I do don't—I can't believe that there isn't like, you know, how you've, you, we, you and I have talked about scaffold laws based on poor scaffolding when they were building buildings in the turn of the century. People were dying because they weren't putting them up correctly. So, <laughs> so they actually named the law after it. To me, they should have air conditioner laws. But that's just me, Joe. Maybe I'm nuts, <coughs> but when I see cityscapes like New York, Syracuse, Rochester, I don't care where you are, and I see thousands of air conditioners, to me it's like a, an accident waiting to happen. But apparently it doesn't happen as much as I think it does.
0: Fortunately, it doesn't, and if it does, you're almost strictly liable for it anyway. I don't think you need any additional law. If pull one of those in and they fall and hurt somebody, you're going to.
2: Really? Interesting. That just I guess that just goes to show that it happens very infrequently. Thank God. <clears throat> well, Joe, thank you for that. I knew you were probably talking a lot this week about mental health and whatnot and all the tragedies we've been hearing about, not to mention, in Chicago recently. So I had to present that to you. But, when Joe, when people need to get in contact with you, how can one do that, Joe? Sure. StanleyLawOffices.com is the
0: website. My email is Joe at StanleyLawOffices.com, and the phone number is one 800 608 three
2: well, first of all, happy 4th of July. I didn't say that. And good uh, hearing from you again, Joe. And we'll hear from you again next Wednesday. Thanks, Glenn. Thank you, Joe. Uh, that's uh, attorney Joe Stanley here on the Alive at 5 show. Bit of a issue there with the connection, but we, at least we spoke with Joe. First time in a couple of weeks. I got to do a break, and we'll be back right after this.
3: Because of hospice, my mama was able to rest at home
4: in her final days instead Passage. of. Paid for by Claudia Tenney for Congress.
2: Ah, welcome back. Uh, about 18 minutes before the uh, this show is over.
3: Hey,
2: did you notice the other day? I might have mentioned this early, but it deserves to be mentioned again. Uh, what's her name again? Elon? Elon Omar uh, showed up at a, at a ra- actually a concert uh, in, a, in a concert hall in her own district in Minneapolis, unannounced. And that's that's important to note, unannounced. So in other words, when she got there, no one knew she was going to be there. It's like a surprise party. It's like seeing your ex or something. Not my case, of course, but in many other cases. But neither here nor there. So anyway, uh, she shows up. A bunch of other uh, Somalian uh, immigrants who uh, were essentially, you know, came here in the early 90s uh, when the hell hole that they came from, uh, you know, had more warlords than 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 grass. Uh, and then, you know, George H. Bush, Bush at the time sent the Marines in and uh, liberated Somalians, so as many as possible, and brought them here because that's what Americans do. Unfortunately, however, we paid that price 30 years later or so uh, when one of them becomes uh, a member of Congress. That's Elon Omar. And she's always got that uh, turban on because it's part of her culture. It's part of her. But, by the way, she puts it on because she's got very thin hair. She looks very sexy with it on. The moment she takes it off, it's like, no, not happening. But, anyway, that's just me being me. Nonetheless, she shows up at an event in Minneapolis, and they boo her. They, I mean, and then she started to talk, and they booed her even lo- more loudly. And it went on and on and on. They were relentless. And I know we talked about this yesterday. I remember talking about it. But it's important to note that sometimes something that Glenn Curry seems to think is already in charge, meaning that you know AOC will inevitably be president of the United States by the year 2028, uh, if not sooner. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But I did see it on Facebook, and I made a comment on it. And I said something I thought makes, makes a hell of a lot of sense. The, 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 the reason why Elon Omar is so popular, or AOC, Granted, there are other Somalian uh, immigrants in her community, by the way, that that like her and vote for her and will continue to vote for her. And by the way, she's not going to lose this year or next year. It's not going to happen. But the majority of people that really support her don't look like her at all. In fact, they look as white as I am. White liberals, particularly white liberal women, love the squad. They love it. They love AOC. It's real sad to see. But it leads me to my next thing. And this is what I wanted to play yesterday. I couldn't figure it out, but now I have it here. This is something that someone sent to me. And I think this is a short thing. So don't, I'm not going to labor this. This is only a minute long. So no, no longer than listening to, a, to a, uh, uh, someone go, wow, uh, buy a car here. No, none of that. You know, it's just as long as that 60 second commercial. So this is, this is the difference between conservatives and
3: liberals. And liberals. If a conservative doesn't like guns, they don't buy one. But if a liberal doesn't like guns, they want all guns outlawed. Right. If a conservative is a vegetarian, they don't eat meat. Right. But if a liberal is a vegetarian, they want all meat products banned for everyone. Exactly. If a conservative doesn't like a talk show host, they switch channels. Liberals demand that those they don't like be shut down or canceled. So true. If a conservative is a non-believer, they don't go to church. A liberal non-believer wants any mention of God and Jesus silenced. If right. a conservative decides they need health care, they go about shopping for it, or may choose a job that provides it. A liberal demands that the rest of us pay for theirs. Yeah, it's so if true. a conservative sees this, they'll forward it so their friends can have a good laugh. A liberal has already swiped up.
0: But first, they reported this video for hate speech or something. It's
2: so true. And, I, and, and by the way, this is a TikTok video, and it's very well done. As you can tell, there's like, kind of like a robotic British voice being created there. Which, by the way, you can do online if you're crafty enough. Ask Ken Ken Martin. He, Ken Martin hasn't used a real voice in over three years. He gets it all online. I'm kidding, by the way, but you could do that. So anyway, these these uh, so there's a woman watching it with me, and it's weird because she's looking right at you. <laughs> you know, I I got my t- I got my uh, computer screen in front of me, and it's like someone's looking right at me as I'm doing the show. Uh, but nonetheless, this this is a good thing. Let's I'm going to play it one more time, and, and, and just again. This is, someone put this together. Not everyone's going to agree with this, one of you. But
3: I think this really sums it up. One more time. Between
2: oh. conservatives
0: and liberals.
3: If a conservative doesn't like guns, they don't buy one. That's right. Well, I, I mean, I'm a conservative. All right? I, I, li-
2: I, I don't like guns because, uh, I mean, remember, I'm the guy that broke your Walkman back in the 80s. So the last thing you want to do is hand me a gun, especially with bullets in it. Because while I respect it, I, I, just like I respect anything else, like a fisherman, a fishing rod. Don't hand me a fishing rod. I don't know what to do with it. Yes, you can come up with the old adage, you know, give him a fish for a day, you'll feed him for 24 hours. Give him a, you know, give him a license to kill fish, he'll eat forever. I don't know how that expression goes, by the way. You can plainly hear that. But here's the bottom line: is I respect other people's ability to catch fish, to use a gun, to to operate heavy machinery. I don't want you to stop doing that if that's your livelihood, if that's your hobby, if that's who you are. So right off the bat, if a conservative doesn't like guns, they don't buy one. Oops.
3: But yeah. if a liberal doesn't like guns, they want all guns outlawed. So true. If a conservative is a vegetarian, they don't eat meat. But if a liberal is a vegetarian, they want all meat products banned for everyone.
2: So what what they're showing here is, you know, uh, uh, examples of people protesting about you know, meat products. And I don't think a conservative is going to sit there and say vegetarians should be taken off the face of the earth. Because, one, that's their, pr- that's their, you know, prerogative. That's what they've chosen. And that's the difference between liberals
3: and conservatives. It goes on one more time. If a conservative doesn't like a talk show host, they switch channels. Liberals demand that those they don't like be shut down or canceled. Yeah, And, and the example they have here is Joe
2: Rogan. Uh, Joe Rogan, by the way, I think he's marginal to say the least. I don't know if he's conservative. I don't know if he's liberal. I just think he's a bore. But he's done very well, uh, exceptionally well, much better than yours truly. But at the same time, if I didn't like him or if I, I certainly don't like someone like Joey Reed, the last thing I would like them to do is to take them off the air. But that's exactly what liberal-minded people think. That's that's the difference. If that's why a conservative
3: important. is a non-believer. they don't go to church. Right. Now, right there—
2: uh, I, I mean, again, I am a believer. I'm just too lazy to go to church on Sundays. Uh, but uh, my father said this, and, and, and he, you know, again, he's Catholic too. I'm I'm, I'm a Catholic born. Uh, but he said something. Frank Lloyd Wright, something he always recited from Frank Lloyd Wright. Frank Lloyd Wright said, "He said religion is good for those who need it," and I think that's so true. It's like anything else. If if you need to be an atheist, then you need to be an atheist. That's your religion. Your, your religion is, you, you, you're void of religion, you know. You're like living in a religious black hole, or the opposite. You have no religion at all. That's your religion. No religion at all. You're agnostic. So, But that's your prerogative. But it goes on.
3: A liberal non-believer wants any mention of God and Jesus silenced. So we, we, we
2: had, um, what was her name? She took the prayer out of schools in the 60s. She was from Texas. She was killed by a couple of people, and her son was killed, too. We spoke to one of her sons here on the Live at Five show like 20 years ago, right when I first got started. I just wanted to throw that out there because she was interviewed on the Phil, uh, the Phil Donahue show. forgetting her name, but she was from Texas. They later found her body. Uh, someone stole money and coins and uh, rare coins, whichever. It was a mess. But she went out of her way. Uh, to, to, to create this whole movement of atheism in America by saying that, uh, you know, it's, it's a cl- classic example of separating a church from, you know, from, from the state. She felt that, no, there's no way that a public school should allow uh, prayer in school. So that's so true right there. Besides, they need health care. They go about shopping for it. Yeah, okay. Or so may so the, choose a job that the, provide them. The, right, So the, the rest is somewhat lame. But a very good example, side-by-side comparison. And it comes right down to this: If Joy Behar, or I keep on using her as an example because she's such a liberal yenta, but if she had the ability to do a an eye dream a genie like a, a blink of an eye, uh, and just get rid of everyone that she doesn't agree that that, that she feels is either a Trump supporter or a gun supporter, or a supporter for that matter of the Bill of Rights of the Constitution, she would blink and, and, and we'd all disappear like in a, like in a Billy Mummy episode of the, of, of, uh, of the Twilight Zone. And she would do it and she would justify it because she would say, I'm doing it in the best interest of our democracy. And that's the way liberals are thinking today. They're saying that the established America that we've loved so much, uh, and um, all of us have lived uh, right up until right now, has been a, a bad institution and that run by people. I heard someone say yesterday, you know, the, the Constitution was written by a bunch of slave masters and white men who had no concept of what the future was going to be all about. And it's like, oh, my God. Wh- if, if Where have we gone, Joe DiMaggio? It's just disgusting how a liberal can think so, so, so violently like that. Essentially, saying that uh, conservatives don't really have a, a seat at the table in America anymore, and they never should have. That's what they're saying. It's pretty scary stuff. Let's go to the phone. Someone's been waiting. I'm sorry. Hi, you're on the air.
4: Oh, good afternoon. What's happening? Um, I haven't listened to the last five minutes or so because I was trying to call in. But anyway, about suing the vaccine, you were asking Joe Stanley. Um, yeah. The, in 1986 or 87, Congress passed a law that if you have a vaccine, they can't be sued. And uh, so all the vaccines, the mRNA, and, and they, they, if you notice, they have not been cleared, and they have not been uh, uh, let's see, uh, they've been authorized for use under emergency use authorization, which is not the same as being cleared or, or uh, okay. Hmm. Um, uh, so, and also these medicines, um, it actually goes back to 1913, the same year as the uh, the federal, the Fed, the the bank, the Fed, the income tax, and allopath medicine. Which is what treat everything with drugs, mm-hmm. especially here in New York State, because there's allopath, there's naturopath, there's homeopath, hmm. there's a bunch of paths, and, yeah. and they can't talk to one another under Medicare uh, guidelines and FDA. I don't know why, hmm. uh, and you can't, you, they won't answer the questions. Hmm. Um, you get, uh, I know that I, uh, your caller, I won't mention his name. He said that Nash D'Souza was totally uh, discredited. Well, okay, just say all you do is just say that, okay. Right. Because uh, about the the, the Trump um, yeah. election, they've right. thrown out Two a court thousand
2: court. Mules, yeah. 2,000 mules, yeah. Right.
4: Yeah, well, it, it, evidence, it's not, you can have all the evidence in the world until until it's judi- adjudicated mm-hmm. and in, in the court and the judge accepts it, there's no evidence. Hmm. That's the technicality. Uh, when they were thrown out, I think there's only been one of those 60 some odd court cases. That have ma- actually made it to court. The rest they never made it to court. Are you talking
2: about you, talk, are you talking about the twenty twenty election, sir?
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah.
4: Well, I'm doing a theory, I've got a whole list of things here that I'm, I'm all over the place. No, that's all right. That's all right. Uh, also, if you look at the uh, advertising of Pfizer yeah. uh, on the major uh, uh, TV stations, uh, well, this this program is brought to you by Pfizer. Well, uh, Mayor Graham says. You know, if someone wants to spend thirty-five thousand dollars for ads, right? Uh, right, uh, we're going to give a puff piece, you know, and, sure. and you know, yeah, money they talks. Can, they can say whatever they want.
2: Yeah, I agree. What about the Lincoln Project that ran all those ads about our Congresswoman that's, Elise that's Stefanik? Exactly what was. I'm talking yeah, about. yeah,
4: that's what was, he was referring to that. Right. Um, I didn't have a chance to call in, but um, that's all right. There's, there's a lot with this. Uh, they, they talk about misinformation. It's, okay, who's given the arbiter of mis? Who's given the information? And it's like a pie, a six-cut pie. There may be that maybe that one sixth of the pie is cut, and um, you, you're eating from that pie. That right. and that may be true,
2: right.
4: but there's five, sixths or you know, I'm just metaphorically sure. saying. Sure. Uh, there's the other side of the stories that aren't being aren't being said, and well, they just say it's misinformation, or they say uh, mm-hmm. it's a bit discredited or disproved, or what it, it hasn't been. Right. And um, if well, you bring these things up, uh, you're a, uh, a conspiracy theorist, right. a conspiracy nut. Right. Um,
2: um, well, let me a- let me ask you something real quick because they asked the uh, the press secretary there, Jean Pierre, uh, yeah. uh, you know the uh, was it Steve Ducey. Uh, The man with the wheat field in his head hes very good at what he does. And she dreads the fact that she has to call him and she's she's prepared for him because she knew he was going to ask a question about uh, the recent uh, uh, voicemail that came up, I believe, from 2019, where the then vice president or no uh, citizen Joe Biden was uh, leaving a message for his son. Uh, and it clearly demonstrated that, yes, his, he did know about his son's uh, business dealings, where, in fact, he's been noted and quoted as saying he had nothing to do with his... And we all know that's a bunch of malarkey. So where you, know, you sound like, obviously, you might be a, a lawyer or someone. Where are you on that? I mean, w- uh, how far can the administration run away from the obvious as far as the, the laptops and his son, Hunter?
4: I've had a, a lot of experience in courts. Uh, I'm not a lawyer. I... <laughs> I, I, I learned a lot about 40 years ago. From, and um, Sure. Um, but anyway, she uh, it, all you have to do is just change the names. Trump. If it was Trump, it would be front page. Sure, of course. They are everything they can to get they're rid of Trump forever. Right. Uh, because both sides, both, uh, are part of the deep state of the swamp. It, until they get rid of Mitch McConnell. Yeah. Because his wife, uh, they got a shipping company that's tied in with the Chinese. He doesn't want to investigate no. Biden's uh, laptop. No. No, and uh, he never wanted uh,
2: Trump and, as president to begin with because he kept on that, saying to drain the swamp.
4: When I when I met uh, Paul Ryan here in Watertown in 2014, he seems like a nice guy, but yeah. And then when I saw what they did to Trump from 2006, well, he was uh, uh, they they started discrediting when he came down the the uh, elevator, escalator, yeah. And sure. then uh, of course he, you know he got in. He was exposed. He's exposed the swamp.
2: Right. Right.
4: And, uh, they didn't and like that. so people realize it's it's not a matter of de- Republican or Democrat. Mm-hmm. These are all tricks, uh, by the way. This is uh, Saul Litsky's Rules for Radicals. So, oh, that's been discredit. Well, then how come Hillary wrote her thesis on it when she went to Wellesley College?
2: Huh, interesting.
4: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Saul Lusky's Rules for Radicals.
2: Yeah. And there's
4: 45 goals of communism. I mean, this has all been around for hundreds of years. There's nothing new here.
2: No. But people are...
4: Uh, a mass, it was the mass formation psychosis or group think? Mm-hmm. Irving L. Janis wrote a book uh, in 1971-72 about victims of group think. Like, like for instance, say, well, gee, we, we we're with the media 15 minutes early. What's the boss want to hear? Right. Well, th- that's terrible. That's awful. You can't. You're not getting the right information. No, read not, uh, no. nothing by yes men.
2: So, so re- we got a, le- a little more than a minute left here. Let me just ask you: I, 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 Are you know? Do you think that if Donald Trump, this is my theory. If Donald Trump didn't become president, you think right now we'd be in uh, Hillary Clinton's second term and that COVID yes. 19 would never have happened? Just throwing it out. There. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you agree I, with that? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh,
4: in fact, Hillary was supposed to, and that's why Obama left open, what, almost 300 judgeships? Yeah. Uh, for Hillary to fill. Wow. Uh, and they thought that uh, Hillary was going to be the automatic heir uh, of uh, the presidency. Right. And. Uh, so, you know, so they're so, they, they winking at each other. So and, you think um,
2: this going going forward that the Democratic Party is just going to go far left? Just to, I mean, I don't think they really wanted to, but uh, because but of Trump, they, they feel like Trump. they have they have to. Yeah, they are. But because of Trump, they, they feel they have to go even further.
4: Um, it, 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 well, the truth shall set you, set you free, but first you you'll get mad, right. and. Uh, when 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 the people who well, if they think it's Democrat Republican, it's not Democrat Republican. It's the establishment. It's the the swamp. Right. It's the um, it's
2: both sides, no doubt.
4: Uh, embedded people.
2: I agree. Uh, it's, it's and big, thank you, my friend. good call. Uh, call again. I know we've talked before, but thank you very much for the call today. But I got to go at six o'clock. Bye now. Thank Bye you now. very much. Uh, very good call. AM 1240 w Watertown makes this legal. We do this each and every day, Monday through Friday, right here on your favorite news and talk authority, WATN Watertown. Up next, of course, CBS News, and we'll see you tomorrow at 5 o'clock. We'll see you then.
4: This is CBS News on the Hour, sponsored by Facet Wealth.
3: I'm Monica Ricks in New UA says gun violence in the U.S. is out
4: of control.